Oh, shoot. Oh. <laughs> Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 231 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and I hope you're not afraid of heights, because we're on a reckless paradise and gallivanting with fallen leaves, fallen leaves, fallen leaves on the ground. Fucking hell. I hate this every week. (laughs) <laughs> people think it's a joke but honestly try honesty I, oh, oh. you've got me doing it and that's fucking over I'm sorry about that everybody this week's guest is Ian Sarr of the fucking mighty Billy Talent you might know him from such fucking riffs and licks <laughs> as fucking try honesty red flag and there's fucking loads of any <laughs> Billy Talent album has amazing riffs they sound fucking incredible. And it's down to this motherfucker right here. You are the perfect mixture of pissed off and excited right now. I am. And I, 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 am. <laughs> I don't know which one you're leaning more into, but I'm, I'm here for it. You're just lucky we don't own our own island, because if we did, we'd be waving a red flag. Uh, uh, I, I think I mentioned red flag just now. Uh, so double uh, back. You win. You win anyway, you? come on. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Talon are an exceptional band within the rock scene with over the last three decades. Their debut album is 20 years old this year, and they're just a band who've influenced so many of the modern generation. Ian has become such an iconic guitarist for many. I know people look up to him, want to learn his style of playing, and I'm really glad we finally got him on the podcast uh, to have a chat, to reminisce about some stuff, and just look at things behind the scenes a lot because he's someone you got to spend some time with on tour back in the day, Sean. Yes, uh, Billy Talent literally changed how the Blackout thought about massive bands and you will hear that in the conversation later on. For such a massive band, right? You've never met such a nice bunch of fucking guys. They're all fucking sweet darts and they're fucking just awesome, just rocking, just unbelievable. And yeah, the Blackout got to do a couple of tours with them couple of festivals, a couple of touring festivals with them. Yeah, it was absolutely fucking great to see Ian again. Yeah, literally last time I think I saw him, he was running around backstage at a festival being chased, giggling. 
So, um, yeah, absolutely fucking... What a mad sentence, like. What a fucking mad sentence. But, yeah, that's that was it. I fucking love Ian. He might be my favourite member, actually, so don't tell Ben. <gasps> oh! Well, he's here to tell some stories. And Billy Talent are returning to the UK next month Woo! as one of the main attractions at this year's Slam Dunk Festival 2023. They'll be playing just before headliners enter Shikari on the main stage, along with Paris, Kids in Glass Houses, Under Oath, Holding Absence for Kofi, Zand, and loads of other artists, including Yellow Card, Bowling for Soup, The Offspring, and more taking place May Bank Holiday Weekend in Hatfield and Leeds. And I'm very excited to see all these songs live every time I've been to a Billy Talent show. It's, uh, just, it's a sing-along madness. And for this conversation, we talk about the difference between festivals and just all the crazy things they've been able to do throughout their career. They even have one of their idols telling them that they have a song he wish he wrote, the ups and downs of the music industry, a certain guitar called Crispy Chicken, and how he is the king of the Upwards Emo Fringe. If you've listened to this and two more episodes, you are legally obliged by the new Conservative government, so it's not us, don't blame us for this, right? It's got nothing to do with us, but apparently... Rishi Sunak, I said, you must sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash something. And also he said, you must, must, must follow us on Twitter at something about S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Let's get on with it. Something! Something! Hmm. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Sapnin! 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 Yay! <laughs> I did it. Did I say it right? You did. did I say it right? Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Oh, good. <laughs> you could swear you were Welsh. You did that all right there. That was perfect. <laughs> well, I am English, but uh, well, not Welsh. Boo! Oh, don't start that. No, let's not start that. No. <laughs> ah. This week's guest is guitar legend and all-round fantastic human being, Ian Zar of the brilliant, brilliant Billy Talent. How are you, Ian? <laughs> I'm doing great. How you doing, Sean? Been a while. Been a minute. Yeah, we probably played together 2013 last, maybe something like that. Like, I, th- I, think I think the last the last show we played with you was in Paris with KG Elfin, and you guys were on the bill with us. Well, I no, remember that. I, do you know what? Yeah, no, I remember that show, and I'll tell yeah. you for why. After I realized the last were, the that, last place <laughs> we played, the last place we played together, I think was Rockham Ring, Rockham Park. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. you played to like. I don't know, 150,000 people maybe, <laughs> and we played a small tent. So saying we played together is a bit of a fucking stretch. Right, yeah, But yeah. going back to that French show, you might not remember this, but this is the importance of being nice to people in bands, right? We had no yeah. idea. We, we knew that we were supporting you and we couldn't wait. We were super excited. We turned up and it was on the day that we got our first ever Kerrang! cover. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we turned up at our dressing room, standard dressing room of six beers, six waters, and then all of a sudden we had a knock on the door and in comes Billy Talent with a <laughs> giant pizza who said, congratulations on the cover. And to this day, me and the boys in the blackout have never forgotten that and we bring that up every time anybody <laughs> ever mentions you, boys, because it literally made us... It made us feel like a fucking million dollars. And oh, yeah, we've well, never forgotten what, I it. mean, you know, that's what you got to do when you're on the road. And, and there's, uh, you know, bands like you guys and, and even KG Elephant, like they're, they're huge now. Like that yeah. band is massive yeah. now. And it's pretty amazing. Like they were first on before uh, both of our bands back then. But it's like, you know what? It's, it's, you're out there because you love music and, and there's, there shouldn't be egos. There shouldn't be any of that bullshit. So it's just like, be, be a good human. You've just made me realize how much that French show was technically a shit sandwich. It was like, you guys, <laughs> loaf of bread, cage the elephant, loaf of bread. What's in the middle? <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> no, you guys are great, man. You guys were great back in the day. I haven't seen you in a while. Sean has mentioned that story so many times to people on the podcast when you've been brought up. And there's really like, as a lesson at looking after people on tour and who you're going on the road with and stuff and that. It's all being done together. I mean, is there anything that you remember of the other way around when you you were a young band supporting other people? Is, is there any memories that someone uh, really showed you a bit of love and you thought, oh, I want to take that and, and pass it on? Yeah, a lot of bands uh, have done that on the way up. But the, actually, I was telling this story yesterday because I was watching a, a Bill Maher podcast with Lars Ulrich from Metallica on it. And he was talking about, you know, being... He was, he was talking about how they opened for the Rolling Stones and, and he couldn't look uh, Mick Jagger in the eyes or something like that. Like an assistant told him that, the ba- told Metallica. Um, so th- I was actually telling uh, my partner a story about when we were in Australia and we were playing on the same, ni- we were playing on the same nights as Metallica. Like they were on the, they were the big headliner 
there was probably like, you know, 20 bands on that day. The night before the uh, festival started, they had a big barbecue for bands on their day. And you, <laughs> all I remember is showing up to the Metallica barbecue. And there was a lineup about, you know, 30 band people looking like they're lining up for barbecue, but it was actually James Hetfield shaking every single person's hand. And I, you know, I stood in line and I got to the front. I was actually in line with Danko Jones and uh, we got to the front and we're like, holy shit, this is, this is unbelievable. Like that's James. We just met James Hetfield. Like, do we ask for a photo? We're trying to play cool, not take a photo, but you know, that, 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 that stuff goes a long way. Metallica. I grew up on Metallica. So. I wonder how many people started queuing and then when they got the front, they were like, well, I, I just wanted a hot dog. I just, came from, <laughs> I just, oh, yeah. Yeah. I had, yeah. Really? I had Papa Hat. Nice, <laughs> nice to meet really you. hungry bands. Yeah. Which way's the burgers then? <laughs> Sorry, oh. I'm just really, I'm just really hungry. I, I, <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm going to go get a burger now. It's always wonderful when you hear that kind of insp- those inspirational figures are always really nice to you. And I mean, Billy Talent have been a band. You've toured with some really ridiculous lineups when you think about it, and maybe yeah. who wouldn't necessarily fit the same mold as you. I mean, technically, if you want to get into all that, but I'm sure it's like crazy to look back on and just see like the difference of things you've done, and the places you've been, and, and where this band has actually taken you guys and the connection with people. Yeah, it is. It really. Is. I mean, we like we don't look at ourselves as on the level with those bands, <laughs> you know, like bands like. Like we, we've shared the stage, uh, it, like going back to rock and ring rock and park with bands like Metallica and you, uh, uh, Muse and, uh, the refused, um, Lincoln Park. So it's, it's pretty crazy when you, you're like, whoa, that's, you know, those bands are like the big A level bands and you don't look at yourself that way. So it's kind of funny in that regard. And then as you get older, you start realizing, well, maybe some bands look at us that way, like younger bands now. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like all about paying it forward, you know, being, being cool. Yeah. Yeah. I always, lo- I always love seeing the, these posters with you guys because it's either you're touring with bands, maybe like Simple Plan, then that kind of works in the pop punk yeah. where you work with bands like Alexis on Fire, the works in a heavier way. And then you're doing shows later this year with Cypress Hill. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, what? I remember in, in the '90s, our band when our, our band was forming in like '94 or something like that. We the the four of us went to a Cypress Hill show. They're playing downtown Toronto with Funk Dubious and House of Pain. And I remember lining wow. up and watching that show and smoking my first joint. And it was like it, now, now you know, like thirty, almost thirty years later, like they're we're sharing a bill with them. It's it's just pretty crazy stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking that's <laughs> wild. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've never done drugs or anything, but if you're gonna smoke for the first time Probably well, best with Brazil, yeah. Well, it is Cypress Hill and Funk Dubious, come on. <laughs> yeah, you've got, yeah, you must. Like, yeah, yeah. You sh- they should have checked people's eyes on the way in. I was like, are you, like, are you stoned enough? Give me a look at them eyes. Nope, nope. Those eyes are too yeah. white. Use another, use another joint. Go back into the car park. Come in when you're reasonably stoned. How does that come about? Is that just like a booking agent thing? Does a booking agent just email you and go, boys, I've got another fucking mad one. Well, we were, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, we were looking for uh, a big band that we could uh, sort of do like a big main support, um, almost co-headline thing with. And uh, we threw a, a bunch of options around, but uh, a lot of, a lot of bands were touring at that point. It's the middle of summer, right? 
And um, the first group that wrote back that was interested was Cyprus. So we were like, "What? That's amazing!" And and they're and we're doing another festival with them as well j- around the same time. So so I guess they're up here, you know, doing some uh, a big Canadian dates, and and it worked out in their schedule. There needs to be a Cypress Hill and Billy Talent collaboration. One hundred percent called Cypress oh, Bill. Cypress <laughs> Bill. Insane, insane. Imagine Ben. Oh my God, Ben could be the. Yeah, Ben could be the new be uh, not be real. What's the other one called? Send dog. He could be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> send dogs literally oh, got so great. The, yeah, yeah. the easiest job in music. It's just repeating what the other fellas just said. Surely. Insane, insane. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, oh, yeah. Imagine Ben, Ben and Cypress. Oh. This is this is this is what we love. See, we love these little just nuances that people wouldn't expect. Um, you've already mentioned some ridiculous festivals and tours, but is there anything else that comes to mind? And you're like, how are we in this situation, or how are we playing with this person? I'm sure there's been so many over the years, just because how versatile Billy Talent is musically. <laughs> um there was this is this is a, a really awesome one and a weird one too uh we uh in rolling stone magazine we've never actually been in the magazine of course because we're we're not really that popular in america but uh we we <laughs> they, they used to do this column in the magazine that was your favorite five five favorite songs you wish you'd written or something like that and and there were uh there were alice, alice cooper one week was the the person who's listening to these songs and his one of the five songs was red flag by billy <laughs> wow. yeah, and we, like just couldn't believe it we're i was like oh my god I, I went and bought the magazine i'm like oh my god that's that's next level incredible i mean you know big alice cooper fan wow and um yeah just just super cool and he uh, we heard he played us a bunch on his uh Sirius xm show and and uh then we we were playing in europe just a few years ago before the pandemic and uh, Hollywood vampires were playing in Germany. So we, we asked if we can t- sort of meet him. So we got to meet him on the way to the stage. And he's literally like walking to the stage with Joe Perry and Johnny Depp. And, and he takes a <laughs> second. He's like, sorry guys, I'm going to go say hi to the Billy Town guys. Super nice guy. We got a photo with him, chatted for a second, carries on to the stage like nothing happened. I was like, this is surreal. It's just those surreal moments. Wow. Yes. Like, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like people love hearing these stories of like, bigger bands like yourselves doing the same thing that because like i've i've gushed about all the big bands i've been lucky enough to meet or i was allowed near yeah the fact that a band like yourself who gets excited and still like still oh, loves these sure. people is yeah. fucking brilliant I'm sure you, you have plenty of stories like that too like oh too yeah too, yeah too many yeah well five i got five <laughs> i got five that i keep excited <laughs> for this podcast <laughs> Yeah, well, this podcast is literally like half of mine sometimes with the people we get oh, on yeah. here. But I mean, uh, yeah, like that is Wayne World's level of we're not worthy. <laughs> totally, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's, it's yeah, next level. Yeah, if you had played in Millie Walkay, that would have been the complete Wayne's <laughs> World circle. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. You mentioned about um, not being big in America, but I always find that surprising because... From a UK point of view, Billy Talent is such a big band. So, like festivals-wise, you know, you've always got a really good slot over here. You always do a good amount of tour dates whenever you get a chance to come over to this side of the pond. But like, I've always found it crazy how certain bands 
are in certain territories and like for example you you encounter you in canada are massive you in the rest of europe is massive is it weird sometimes to see where you've crossed over and where you and where you haven't i mean is it ever intriguing yeah it is it is intriguing because you wonder why those things happen like why why is you know the the biggest country for our band is germany and it's it's insane like why and canada because we're from here but uh it's uh it's pretty next level and, and what you know one of the reasons because it's where you spend the most of your time like in the early days we were we we did all the Vance warp tours and like you guys you know did did all the stuff in uh, in america that bands of our our genre kind of do and uh and uh you just got to either keep doing that or or or, or it's with us like you know our careers kind of started uh taking off somewhere else than in germany and we're like well let's keep going back to germany they like us over there right so it's uh it's one of those things that we when you we spent more and more time over in germany and the band just got more successful there i and, and i know we have listeners in uh in the u.s because you could see it on when you're just you're looking at your streaming and things like that right so, but they're kind of spread out over this vast country <laughs> as opposed to one area right so it's hard to actually put together a tour it's like oh there's 27 people that are going to come see us tonight in this town and then maybe 500 the next you know so it's it's uh, it makes it a little more difficult, but we try and we try still. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I I remember having a conversation with um, Sam Rivers of Limp Bizkit. We were on tour with them in Europe, and they were playing arenas to fucking tens of thousands of people a night. Yeah. And then I I was like, Sam, we would love to come to America with you. And he was like, It's pointless. It's like we don't tour America very often because we only do five hundred capacity shows. And I was like. You're limp. Wait a minute. You're limp. Biscuit. <laughs> That's crazy. Did Roland not come out in fucking 2003 over there? Because he fucking came <laughs> wow. out everywhere else. That's nuts. Yeah. Wow. He was like, oh, yeah, we, we, we do small that, shows. Though. Yeah. You would not think that at all because they were a massive band over here, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and, wow. yeah still massive in Europe. And they've just done a UK yeah. tour now. And that all hours are sold out arenas. So strange how some bands connect places and s- some places don't look but um but germany is yeah. a fucking brilliant one because literally there's there's people i know in bands who only tour germany now and they can yeah. literally live yeah. live off just being <laughs> loved by germans <laughs> i think it, i think it's honestly like a, a loyalty thing you know what i mean like there's like a loyalty to uh especially rock bands like it's one of the few places in the world that that have loyal really loyal rock fans like not to say that there aren't any in you know, Canada or US or wherever, but the, it's not as disposable there, I guess. You know what I mean? It's not as trendy. It's a, it's like, a, you know, you're fans for life if you're into a band and you go see them multiple times. So maybe that kind of explains it. But yeah, that's totally weird to me that like a man like Limp Biscuit can't even. <laughs> that's wow. Poor Fred. I bet his bank account is absolutely gutted. <laughs> yeah. Womp, yeah. Womp. From your own point of view, Ian, has it ever been weird to see the birth of so many kind of subcultures of genres and scenes everywhere uh, since you've been doing this as well? Because as I said, the Billy Talent is such versatile and you've got bits that can fit any kind of thing if it's pop punk, metal, emo, whatever the trendy thing is. But you've never kind of labeled any of those. It was just kind of like you were a rock band for everyone and... I'm sure in many sense, you're like, well, that's a good thing because you'd rather be that. But when you're seeing so many people make friends and taking each other out on the road and it's kind of like, oh, they always do stuff together. Was it ever weird for you or was it just kind of like, nah, I'm glad we got away from that? 
Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm kind of glad that we didn't, you know, stick in one particular genre. Because like, uh, in our band, it makes sense because we, you know, this band started in 1993 um, under the name Pez, and and we changed it to Billy Town only because the name was getting stale, and we wanted to kind of change the sound with it. The same members, right? So we we actually kind of witnessed three uh, changeovers in in music. I mean, I I remember when grunge became the next movement after, uh, I guess the last movement had been in the late seventies, the real, like the first wave of punk. Right. And then grunge was the next thing that really kind of kicked it off for that genre of music, heavy music. And then in the late nineties and early two thousands, it was emo or screamo, right? It was, uh, another, you know, big, uh, thing, a big sea change. So, um, and then after that, I guess, I don't know, rock's a little bit diluted. There was, you know, there was indie became like the big thing. And, and now there hasn't been like a big kind of change since then. But, uh, but, but going on, you know, for 20, 30 years doing that, you, you kind of, uh, sort of, you don't see yourself in any one of those places. So you, you're, you allow yourself to, to musically be any of those things. Like we, when we started out, we literally covered Rage Against the Machine and, and Neil Young, like rocking in the free world. It's just, and then, you know, in the late nineties, we were covering Fugazi and, and, uh, refused and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of, yeah, our influences are all over the map. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always fantastic to see. And I think that's always opened you up. I think that's always opened up a lot of people to your band. Um, you mentioned that, I mean, technically 2023 is the 30th anniversary of everything. If we're counting Pez, um, alongside it. Yeah. That must be a statistic that is insane to, to think about when, you were doing those yeah. first demos and those first shows and seeing where you've got to today. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, uh, this this year will be the 20th anniversary for our first record, Billy Talent record. Um, but it's also the 30th anniversary of the band forming. We, we formed in July of 1993 in my parents' basement and uh, <laughs> in Mississauga, um, uh, Ontario, which is the suburb of on, uh, Toronto. But uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, the, the, the longevity we've had is... is uh, incredible and, and a blessing you know, that we get to do this for a living and still get to do this years later right with every cycle is there anything you kind of take a step back and want to appreciate or is there any little things that always blow you away doesn't matter if it's like getting to the first day of a tour and seeing people there or merch sales or album sales or, or anything like that i mean is there is there something really small that just blows you away every time I think just every time we put out a record and seeing, you know, you're, you're always kind of at the, on the edge of your seat, uh, going, do we still have fans out there listening to the band? <laughs> will, will this be our last tour ever? It's always, you know, that panicky kind of, uh, feeling. And then, and then when you, when you, you know, when you start playing shows for that record cycle and, and the songs come out and you see the, you see people embrace the, the songs that that's, that's the best feeling. Like the, the reason that I still personally like doing this, you know what I mean? It's just that, that connection you have with, with people like live or through the music. How do you feel having seen the change in music and the music industry, I guess, since like 1993 to now, like when you think in 1993, it was all about buying records and yeah, it's so crazy. It's a whole, a whole different, a whole different world. And I remember seeing the, that transition is, uh, when the internet kind of started, started up and then there was the whole, 
uh, uh, Metallica takes on, takes on Napster <laughs> debacle thing, right? Yeah, and, and it's yeah. like, you look at that stuff now and it was like, wow, they were kind of onto something here. Like, you know, like they were, they were onto like uh, artists getting uh, paid, you know, for what they, they deserve uh, before it became a big thing with this, these streaming platforms. And now you have all, you know, uh, artists being underpaid. Yeah, everybody was just like, fucking shut up, Lars. I'm getting music <laughs> yeah, for free. Yeah, yeah. Leave me be. I've, yeah. got another, I've got another version of the thong song to download. Yeah, Give me yeah, two yeah, seconds, yeah. Lars. Stop going to shut <laughs> And now, looking back there, yeah, he, was a like, fucking, he was a hero. He was, was on to something. He was, a, he was a total hero, yeah. Because, he could have uh, saved us, but we were all too busy going, <laughs> shut well, up and change, change the snare sound, he, for God's sake. He's in this massive band, and he didn't have to do that for all these younger bands that were going to come out in the next few years. And uh, I guess doing that was, uh, yeah, it was it, well, in the public eye, didn't, didn't, certainly didn't look good on him. But uh, looking back, it's like, wow, that's good. Somebody stuck up for, for you know, generations to come in that way. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe because he was in the fucking biggest band in the world that it looked like he was just trying to do another money grab. Mm. Whereas if if a load of other bands who were smaller had come together and gone, can you please stop this? This looks like it's going to fucking ruin us monetary wise. <laughs> yeah. Then I think it would have got, it, it probably would have been accepted more than being like, yeah, oh, look at us. Totally, yeah. I think it would have come across better because... It, it just looked like a big uh, rock star from a big band complaining, right? Like that's kind of the look it had. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the the whole idea in the '90s was selling records, like these physical things, CDs and and records, and and that was what kept everything going. And uh, and now just to think that doesn't really exist, and it's more of like a side trinket that you know, if you're a hardcore fan of a band like I am, I'll go buy those records. But there's only a small number of them made. It's not like that's the what everyone is listening to them on, and they're all listening to the streaming, right? So it's yeah, it's a it's a whole different world. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's changed so much. But one of the things I did want to bring up, Ian, is throughout that kind of last three decades, you've kind of become this figurehead for certain guitar players in alternative music, rock music, whatever you want to call it. And just looking at some of the social media pages and stuff recently, like, you know, you see a lot of people covering and trying to work out guitar tones and your licks and your riffs and everything uh, like that. Oh, that's so cool. Has that ever become um, a full circle moment for you? Like, have you ever just stopped to to think about that in particular? Because as someone who got into playing guitar when I was like 13, always hearing your riffs and stuff was like, what? What's going on here? He must have... The quickest fingers. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Six arms. <Yeah. laughs> not really quick. I'm not the quickest, but uh, I, I uh, no, it is. It is pretty inc- incredible to see that. I mean, because I used to be that kid growing up, like, but before the internet, like now it's pretty amazing. Like it really, really actually makes me feel like, wow, this, that's our band has accomplished something. When you see guitar players, like younger guitar players, like, posting videos of, of trying to play our songs and my style of playing and whatnot. And it's a, it is a, a special feeling. And when I was younger, I used to do the same, this is pre-internet. So you'd, you'd buy mag guitar magazine. It's like I had stacks and stacks of guitar magazines and Rolling Stone magazines and, and tr- like trying to figure out their tabs through the magazine. Cause they do a song every, every now and then. And um, yeah, a lot of my favorite guitar players from the nineties were like uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine and, 
Kim Thale and Chris Cornell from Soundgarden and and all those they got me into drop D tuning and and you know dropping the low string and 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 if I wasn't to do that um, and learn from those magazines or the, those guitar players, then I wouldn't have developed my own style like from that detuning thing. So so kind of just all evolved forward. I mean, and, and it's and it, it's really uh, it's nice to know that like I've influenced maybe a younger generation of of uh, uh, guitar players as well. To Very a degree. much so you have, yeah. Pretty cool. It, isn't it mad to think that like back in those days, like you said, like. Rolling Stone would like print the tablature for a guitar thing, and like yeah. other than go into like a guitar shop and like you couldn't, you probably couldn't get a Rage Against the Machine tablature book in 1994. No, like, <laughs> no I, definitely like, not. No. So the fact that you that, that you might have you might have only had to learn songs yeah. that were available to you via Rolling Stone. Yeah, you could have been playing like I don't know. I've gone blank, the but Beatles. like I don't, yeah, something, yeah it's just, just a random <laughs> song, but a random band you you don't even like. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the a lot of tunes I would learn by ear. I was more of the uh, by ear guy, but you have to at some point when you're like, okay, he's not using E standard, obviously. Like, what's going on here? Like, you have to get into the guitar magazines back then if you really wanted to see the tunings and what's going on with the strings. And so, yeah, it became like you know, go to the, sh- the local shop and. And try to find the you know latest magazine that has the the one song in it that you like, right? So crazy. Kids don't know how lucky they are today. <laughs> I know. Yeah, now it's just at your fingertips. It's like this song. I oh, there's tabs for it. Okay, perfect. UltimateGuitar.com. Did some of those early mad riffs come easy to you, or was it kind of having to really build up the strength and the quickness and everything? And I mean, how much would you say? your just mentality towards writing songs on guitar has changed since the early days. It's, it's more for me about songwriting now than it was uh, back then. I think in the late nineties, I was trying to develop my own sound and style of playing. So I was playing like a ton of guitar, like eight hours a day type thing. And, and you just, you just keep doing that and trying to do something cool that you are, you know, you, you don't really hear a lot, then, then it'll eventually come out. So a lot of those riffs from our first album were just, you know, me playing in our little rehearsal studio over and over during the days and, and developing weird chords and, and weird stretching things and percussive rhythms and things like that. Um, and I still try to do that stuff now, but I think I try to focus on the overall now that rather than the microcosm of just the guitar playing. And with um, all six of the Billy Talent records, um, a lot of people do like to talk to you about a certain guitar that you've used throughout all of them. And I just want you to explain the name um, of Crispy Chicken. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so funny that you know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had one guitar that I bought in Vancouver where we recorded our first album. And I bought it like three days before we started recording that record. Um, I tried every guitar on wall. We, we, we needed a... a a telecaster because gavin our producer at the time uh i had i'd shown up with a bunch of strats and he's like oh we can't record these strats you got we got to record a telly if you're a fender guy so i'm like so let's go get a telly so we went to the the store and i tried every telly in the wall and this one just whoa just kind of blew them all the way that the sound it had um and we used it on that whole record and and even any other telly that you know the the tech brought in we we're like that doesn't sound as good as this one made in you know, 2002, just standard Telecaster 52 reissue type thing. 
And and even since then, it's like kind of blown away any telly that I've bought over the years and tried it up against. And so I've used it on all six records now. Like it's the main wow. guitar sound. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. It's got this longevity. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, you've you found like the holy grail of like you found the one Telecaster that's like, <laughs> know, amazing right? all the yeah. time, like fucking. I know, and you can try. Uh, I mean, if they're you, if you played every 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 Telecaster made, they're all going to sound different, even from that year, right? Like, so you just get lucky sometimes. And and we were in the studio, and we were like, "Why does this thing sound like?" So when I was playing it, the guitar tech Ryan Dahl is really funny guy. He kept going, oh, this thing just kind of clucks along. It's like, cluck, cluck, cluck. So every time I played, cluck like a chicken. And then I ended up just calling it crispy chicken because oh, him making this clucking noise the whole time. And then we got a sticker for it that said crispy chicken <laughs> and the whole bit. And, and that's just been the nickname. It's stuck. Class. Oh, amazing. That's awesome. I really hope yeah. at some point you do some crispy chicken merch of just, I don't know, I don't know what it could <laughs> just, be. But just to tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would work out. It would work out. Um, speaking of names and stuff as well, I know this is um, a bit, maybe a bit of a, a boring question, but I have always wondered, obviously, the first three albums you put out were all named, uh, well, one, two, and three. And then the, yeah. the last three have actually been uh, titles and stuff from songs or lyrics or anything like that. But do you see both sets of records as like two trilogies or it is, was it just coming to the fourth album you're like ah, maybe we should start naming these instead of just putting the numbers down <laughs> it, it was more so that yeah okay like i, yeah. I, I think we're, <laughs> the first three we just couldn't we never thought about naming the albums and and we, we were like let's call it billy talent it, it's a debut album that's it and then by the second time we were we just we couldn't think of a name so we're like we'll call it billy talent <laughs> and then it, we're like we'll do it for one more because that's what every you know spielberg film had a tri- trilogy like yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark or or Return of the Jedi that's the last one and then we we literally consciously started naming them because we didn't want to just keep going with the numbers but yeah it was out of pure laziness I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should uh yeah you should consider like a, a like a nod back to that and then like the next record <laughs> be something like Billy Talent Returns yeah <laughs> Billy Talent 7 just yeah. a random seven. Oh, yeah, seven. Yeah. <laughs> one, two, three. One, yeah, seven. name, 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 name. Seven. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Do you know what? That's such yeah. dedication to the bit. That is fucking... Oh, oh I love that. I love that. That is so funny. Oh. I like the idea of you all trying to work out, like, subtext titles to the records as well. So it like, you know, Billy Talent 2 bigger than ever or like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, wow wow um obviously last year you put out uh crisis of faith the the sixth record yeah. um you know when bands put uh lps out it, there's always a sense that you know it's your favorite record to date or whatever like that but now that you've had uh, a year to kind of let it sink in and compose it and see what the songs are like live um, what is your thoughts on on this record in terms of like the evolution and still trying new things and getting like Rivers and Weezer on? I mean, does it sink in more when you've had yeah, some time to yeah, actually digest sure. it? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it has some really cool moments on it, and um, for me, it's uh, it's kind of up there with uh, our second or third record. Um, it's uh, it, it took a, a long time to make because it was kind of over the pandemic, but there. Uh, there, there are things on it like the orchestra on the wolf and and uh, rivers uh, guest vocals on end of me 
that really separated from anything we've done in the last uh, few years. So I'm, I'm really proud of this record. Nice. Oh, um, yeah. How did the Rivers thing come about? Was it just an email? Rivers at Weezer.com? <laughs> it, it was literally, <laughs> it was literally just an email through managers. Yeah. Um, it was, I had this song and when I played it for Ben, the first thing he said was like, whoa, this sounds like a 90s Weezer sounding track. And um, so while we were working on lyrics for it, he kept, you know, bringing, bringing up, maybe we should ask Rivers. And, and I was like, fuck, that would be awesome. But there's, uh, you know, it's Rivers Como. It's just, that's never going to happen, I'm thinking. <laughs> There's no way you would ever say yes. And and so, soon enough, like, we're finished the whole song, mixed, mastered, and everything. And and um, we were like, well, well why, don't, why don't I give it a shot? Because we moved the date of the release of the record. And, and so, our manager sent it, and, and he heard back within, like, a, a few days. And he was like, yeah, well, I'm into it. I'll do it. So, it was like, really fucking, wow, that's awesome. Because we've been Weezer fans since like the early nights. It's a blue album. Mm, yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, always find really it awesome, such, yeah. such a question mark with him, though, as well, because Rivers is someone who's either going to be really up for stuff or he's just, you have no idea what he's thinking. Like, yeah. Like, the way. Yeah. Well, he, he's, he's one of my favorite songwriters. And, and so it's such a, like, I, I was just like, wow, this, this guy, this is amazing. Like, he literally is one of my favorite songwriters. So it was very, very, very special. Uh, I know you mentioned Alice Cooper, but is there anyone else you've crossed paths with and you're like, what, they like our band? Or have you ever heard a Billy Talent track somewhere that you just weren't expecting, like either out or a restaurant or just like on the film somehow or something like that? <laughs> yeah, you kind of hear things in, in odd places sometimes. Like uh, I, I was in, I remember I was in, we were playing in Russia a long time ago and we were in, I was in a mall in Moscow. And Surrender came out. <laughs> Surrender came on the, like, it was on the mall track, like soundtrack, you know, like the mall music. Mm, yeah. I, I was just like, what? <laughs> That's so weird. That's one of those moments where you're just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Ru yeah. A Russian mall. Yeah. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine if you were in, like, a Canadian mall now and then a Russian song just came on. Yeah. Like, you just right? be like, like, this is. That's not English, is it? Yeah. That's right. Is that Russian? It sounds Russian. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it was, it was the first time we were there and it was like, it was, yeah, it was second record. So it was probably, you know, that was kind of where we really peaked in uh, Europe. Um, so it made sense, but it's just surreal when you're, you know, out and about, you're on your second album and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I was in Russia and I heard um, one of my songs come on, <laughs> my my first thought was like, number one, we're definitely being watched. Number two, they've put this on to gauge your reaction, boys. There's something, something's yeah. happening here. Yeah. I'd be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. Putin, what are you up to, <laughs> What are you up to? Uh -oh. oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> one thing we've started asking bands on this is the weirdest venue they've ever played because there are some absolutely insane scenarios people have been in and they just cut like don't get the chance to tell their stories is is there anything comes to mind with that we like oh yeah we played this fucking crazy place once <laughs> yeah there, there's a, there's some weird venues like i think well I, I i wouldn't call them weird but they're just not like anything anything close to north american uh or even european uh i'm trying to think of where um there's a really cool festival in South Africa that we played called Opi Kopi. And it's like two hours out in the, in, like in the bush, right? And it's this festival where 
this they've been doing this since the 70s i think like led zeppelin and some old bands played their way back when oh wow um and it's like this giant like ski ski chalet looking lodge and you play on this wooden stage and i i remember going out in the audience because it was just all you all you see is smoke like you're just it's like this kind of i guess barbecuing festival so there's just these massive like there was just like barbecue everywhere bones all over the floor and like just dust clouds and and you're playing and like all this i just remember came coming back to our our where we were staying and our, all, like your clothes just kind of reek of uh fire pit kind of smell but uh it was a cool festival it was really cool it was just out in the middle of nowhere this uh yeah you don't get to do that too often yeah. Oh. Imagine queuing for South African barbecue when you got the front and it was James Edfield. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Not again! Not again! Yeah, yeah. Australia and now South Africa, leave me alone, James. <laughs> I long for a burger. I'm busting for a burger. I, I just wanted a burger. Hey, come yeah. on. Not again, James. <laughs> Not again, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine you holding on to this for for years, yeah. and then it's like one late night, the band have had to pull up at a service station for something. You're like, oh, okay, I'll just grab whatever's here. James Hetfield's in front of you. With the fucking burger. <laughs> oh, no, <God>. everywhere. <laughs> I cannot move for Hetfield. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, I suppose. Well, what do you talk about? Rock and Ring, Rock and Park. Uh, playing like Nuremberg is probably. Uh, that's that's strange weird. when it, well, yeah because I remember yeah. when we got there in the day like we went to like what's it called the the place where um, Adolf did his big speech from and I was yeah. just like that's the, that pure evil box is still there yeah and now we've yeah, got to yeah. go and play a gig like that's fucking nuts yeah yeah the first I remember the first time we did it that our, our bus was parked right there like we literally so you roll in overnight right and then I woke up in the morning and get off the bus and it's just like oh my god like <laughs> I think I remember that from 1939's yeah, yeah. photos yeah, you, I, like you, you, you grow up seeing photographs of that, and it's uh, yeah, it's still there. And I remember we we actually went up, and there's a there's like kind of like a like a, 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 they talk about what happened there, and and I think that's important. I think it's important that uh, you know people can go up there and see. There's words and text, and and it explains everything that happened there, and it's and what was the result of that and and it's important that uh, you know humanity learns from that people learn from that and it's kind of still there but but it, it, it's a bit horrifying when you see it you're just like Whoa. yeah yeah, yeah. It, flip side to that it must be interesting having that opportunity to go and check out all these different kind of cultural and historical landmarks and stuff when you're on the road when you're in different places and it's, it's kind of nice to hear that you've done that over the years because we talked to so many people who have been jaded or you're like, you know, yeah, we're back in the same same town we've been 50 times. I don't care. Yeah. Have you always tried to, to have those moments of, of going out and, and exploring? Yeah, things? For, for sure. Yeah, you try to enjoy it as much as you can when you're... When you, when you, you get to travel, essentially, for a living, it's, uh, you try to you know, take in as much as you can and, and uh, enjoy being there. And, and even, even those shows, like Rock and Ring and... Think, Rock and Ring, Rock and Park is... If you look at like the people enjoying themselves and, and you're in this venue though, you know, I, in the morning you wake up seeing that. And then by the end of the day, you're like, people are, it's a whole different world now. And, and there's a, uh, when you see people like enjoyment happening in, in that weird place, it's, it's a whole kind of uh, mind 
trip that you're like things are going in the right direction at least you know it makes you feel good about <laughs> things yeah yeah well, for sure well ian as we start to wind down on this conversation a little bit um just a few more things i wanted to bring up we've talked about festivals obviously uh this may you're back in the uk for slam yes. dunk there's a lot of excitement yes. um around this yeah. i'm sure at the moment it's just kind of hectic behind the scenes getting ready for another intense festival season yeah we're going to be rehe rehearsing for the next uh four weeks and then when we head out yeah we're stoked to play slam dunk i mean we've been trying to play for three <laughs> years now so it's like yes finally we get to play it yeah and uh yeah and to be back in the uk of course yeah, it's been a long time well, we can't wait. We will be doing um, in-person podcasts uh, all weekend there. So, um, oh, yeah, cool. we, would Great. we would love to. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll come hang. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes, that would be fantastic. Yes, please. That would be yeah, fantastic. Sure. And, um, yeah, one last thing. As you can see at the moment, I'm rocking um, the world's worst <laughs> mullet. mullet. Right, yeah. Love it's a it. mullet. Yeah, yeah. I look like... Dude, um, I love it. That, I think it looks great. Yeah, I look like an ignorant <laughs> pervert. But, um, yeah. So, my one question would be... Because, you know, you were the king of the uh, upwards fringe at one point. Um, <laughs> what, 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 should I be, what should I be using to keep this up? What did you use that kept that fringe up so perfectly? <laughs> the best product I've found, and I still do it, um, is uh, it's a German uh, hairspray called Got To Be Glue. Oh, I know. Uh, Got To Be Glue. Big, big yellow bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can Ooh. find it everywhere. Stuff's great. I, 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 that's what I, I, I found works best. Nice. Nice. Well, thank I'm going to use that. Yeah. How many mishaps have you had over the years packing that in bags and it's exploded? <laughs> no, the, it, it's never exploded. The, the only mishap yeah. I've had is forgetting to bring it. And then you're like, ah. oh, no, what am I going to use? And then you got to go find something that, that kind of is the same, but doesn't really do the job. And then your hair is like this on stage. I had a friend. Yeah, I had a friend back in the late 90s who used to use a bar of soap. You would use soap just to like brush it up. And it would stay perfectly. Really? I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, oh, I wow. guess it's kind of like wax in a way. So it yeah. would hold it. Yeah, but if it rained, he was blind. Oh, then it's done. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you're going to soap in the eyes, right? Oh, yeah. that's... <laughs> he does have the world's cleanest face on a night dance. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, totally. <laughs> but his ears are messy. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Talk about Sephiroth. <laughs> Suffering for your art. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's gone blind because of his ear. <laughs> he can't see right now, but the show will continue. <laughs> yeah. And Ian, um, just one last silly thing. Um, is there ever anything you and the band ask for a rider on your rider request? Or have you ever tried to um, put something a little bit interesting on there to see if you can get away with it? Because every now and again, we, we get that, you know, just to see if people actually read the finer details of the contract and, and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Well, after after cannabis was legalized in Canada, I know Johnny, our bass player, uh, put it on the rider wow. just to see if we get it. And, and we have, I don't believe we've got it in anywhere outside of Canada yet. But we, we might have got it in Canada, but I'm not sure. A couple, maybe a couple times here, but uh, yeah, it's one of those tester ones. But uh, the Europe, I think Europe will catch on soon. Well, 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 not with our government at the moment. The government over here um, are complete right-wing shitheads. But they are profiting. The funny thing is, our ex-Prime Minister, um, how, how long ago was she? Theresa May, who was a couple yeah. of years ago now, because we've had a few since. Um, she was anti-cannabis, yet her husband owns a cannabis factory that ships all its weed to L.A. 
Oh, mm. of course, of course. That's yeah. That's so. That sounds like yeah. <laughs> absolute shit ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, classic. Yeah, I t- yeah. Um, yeah. Tell Johnny I'll uh, I'll sort it out for uh, <laughs> I'll sort it out for Slam Dunk. Oh, he'll be, I'll, he'll uh, be pleased. Yeah. If he's <laughs> okay. yeah, if he's looking for yeah, if he's looking for any, I'll I'll know a man. Wink. Yeah, you can't see wink, this because it's an audio. Yeah, it's an audio-only podcast. But wink. <laughs> no, I hope it hasn't incriminated wink. us in any single way. But no. we can. Yeah, we're fine. Oh, we're yeah, fine. Yeah, Ian, we really appreciate you taking the time. This has been wonderful. Before you go, Anytime, is there anything else? Is there anything else you'd like to mention, plug, or just leave the listeners with? Please let us know. Yeah, we're, we're, we're stoked to be at Flam uh, Dunk. So we'll see you. See you there. This in about a month or two. Mm. A month and a a month and a week yeah 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 yeah, yeah. class yeah well, amazing yeah. thank you very much thanks Ian. so much for having um, me guys and good no, to see you guys uh, thank you um thank you for uh the music thank you for the inspiration thank you for being a fucking absolutely lovely fella from day one and uh please thank the rest of the band for everything well i do, cannot yeah. wait for slam dunk it's gonna be fucking amazing Ooh. and yes i cannot wait to see you amazing anytime brother Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details yes what a fucking absolutely stone cold lovely 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 human being i fucking lit up when i saw his face come on the screen what a fucking band what a career 30 fucking years is mental. 20 years of their fucking first record is nuts. Ow, oh, it feels like fucking five minutes ago. So this is fucking mad. Um, <laughs> thank you again to Ian and Billy Talon for letting him on. Letting him on. Like, you had a check with the boys, like, oh, Ben, do you reckon I can go? I, no, all right, no. That's not his voice. I don't know why I did that voice. That's not his voice. Uh, but. Billy Talent of being a band that I've always loved. I've got to see him so many times. So, seeing, watched them once with my dad in Spain, of all places. And I'm just really wow. glad that uh, we could have this, this conversation and get a little peek behind the curtains, behind some, uh, some things as well. Just a band who've always got time for people. They write the most catchiest songs. And I'm very excited now to see them at Slam Dunk Festival. You Oof. let the cat out of the bag a little bit. I think we can say it now, wherever. We'll be there this summer really? again because yeah, we're we will, always yeah. there when we're, we're recording interviews there. with uh with with other bands and doing podcasts and stuff so let us know who from slam dunk you'd like us to talk to at sapping pod on twitter and instagram and tag them as well 
Do you know what? Funny thing is, this might be the first year since 2008 where I'm not involved with Slam Dunk. So either performing mm. or DJing or hosting a stage or anything like that. So yeah, um, a little bit sad, but we will be there. And um, if everything goes as planned, um, this uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. Hopefully enter Shikaria number one. When yeah, it's, uh, they've been when this goes number one. Yeah, I've noticed they're battling out with everything but the girl who seem to be using promo pictures of me and Bob from 2009. So, <laughs> cheeky bastards. Um, but yes, good luck into Shikari. Also, as you listen to this, it's Friday. If you listen to this before 12 p.m. GMT, right? That's Greenwich Mean Time. Tickets for the Blackout's first ever show in eight years, which is happening at the Red House in Merthyr Tidville, are about to go on sale. If it's gone 12... You've probably missed it because it's only a fucking small room and I'm open. It's probably sold out. So, um, good luck, everyone. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> good luck. Oh, I'm lucky. Up to you. Like, whatever. <laughs> it's like trying to find the golden ticket in a bar of chocolate. You've either bitten it off or it's going to be delicious. I don't know what I do that means, but we've, we've told people many times on this podcast that the Blackout would not do a show before download because you've yeah. done an exclusive contract with them. But in yeah, the space yeah, yeah. of a very short few days, you've been given the go-ahead for Andy Coppin to do a warm-up show and Merthyr Tidville, where it all began. It's happening again. Well, yes. Um, yeah, like you said, we were told. We were specifically told our contract is exclusive to download. Um, and then, so I thought, you know what? Download is selling very, very well. They're welcome. I'm only joking, Andy. I'm only joking, Andy. I'm only joking, man. So I thought it would be best for both us and Download if we managed to do at least one gig before the big gig in eight years. Ah, oh, it's only eight years, man. Yeah, it's only eight years. So yeah, I sent um, I sent a very nervous email to Andy, expecting to go. Do you know what? You can't. I know you're not doing Download either. You fucking fat prick. Which would be very, very harsh of him, really, because only asking for a favour. <laughs> but he came back and he was so fucking lovely and so welcoming and open and even suggested venues for me to get in touch with who could pay Aww. us quite well but rather than getting paid quite well we thought why not do it in Merthyr Tidville <laughs> where they can't afford fucking nothing so yes we're doing the Red House in Merthyr Tidville the 5th of June we're going to be supported by Fangs Out from Birmingham who are our main support and we have Woo! another opener who, who cannot be announced until after they um, play a gig later in May in Merthyr so, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm very, very excited. Uh, how the fuck we managed to pull this together in basically under a week is anyone's fucking guess. But um, we did manage it. Here we are. Also, there might be new merchandise soon as well. So, yay. Ooh, a lot going on there. A lot going on there. Make sure you f- follow the Blackout social medias for all the updates on that. Follow our social media at Pod on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok maybe sometimes. If you're interested uh, for updates, we've got a lot of announcements over the next couple of weeks. It's festival season soon. You'll get to find out where we're going to be, who we're going to be speaking to, what extra things you might be doing so it's worth it. And if you enjoy this podcast and you want to support us a little bit more, please do uh, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Over there, there's a whole community of the most beautiful people who interact with each other, that go into events, that go into festivals with, and you can just get involved with them, and it's literally the best thing. So that's patreon.com forward slash sapnin. 
If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there that we thank. But as always, Sean's going to give a mahusive shout out to the elite members of our Sapnin Podcast Patreon community. Also, if you sign up to our Patreon, not only do you possibly get mentioned like the people are about to, but you also get some inside news. I'm not saying that I leaked it early that the blackout was doing a show, but that might have been what happened. Anyway, thank you very much to these people. Thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Leeway, Janelle Caston, Paul Hirschfield, Tony Michael, Scarlett Charlton, Kelly Irwin, Dilly Grimwood, Natasha Morris, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Tom Owen, Sammy G., Kat Besson, Dana Lasnava, Jenny Robson, Scott Jones, Muddy Grimwood, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Stephen Aston, Callan Robson, Kate Patrick, Martina McManus, Louis Cook, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury, Jenny Munster, James McNaught, John and Emma, Emily Perry, Jason Redia, M. Evans Roberts, Craig Harris, Sean Foynes, Evan, Kalila Keane, Adam King of the Goths Parslow. We had his band tonight, Miss, on a couple of weeks ago. Go check it out. It's a brilliant, brilliant chat. Thank you very much. Ollie Amesbury. Josh, what's the German for bra? Stop them from flopping. Crisp, stop them from flopping. That's the worst one he's done yet. And I would say go back and listen to him, but don't because they're fucking awful. Thank you very much. Alice Wood, Reese Boring, Kyle David Smith, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins. Woo! We appreciate every single person in our Patreon community who help make this happen each and every week. We appreciate anyone listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you've checked it out, uh, let us know. What? Again, at Sapling Pod, Twitter and Please Instagram. Do. Subscribe to it. for the uh, Subscribe to it. Put it in your Instagram stories. Rate we'll share it. it. We'll, we'll share the love everywhere you can go. And we'll be back next week and every Friday with a very special guest and some laughs. But before we leave you, I'm going to give you all with some very um, important advice because this week... I've suffered very, very badly with food poisoning. That's not nice at all. Um, so my advice is don't eat dodgy food from places, especially in London, especially at a certain stadium that hosts a national football team and especially places where you catch trains. Wow. I can't believe that. Wow. Yeah. Take out Wembley. Fucking one nil Morgan Richards. Well, technically one nil. Wow. One nil. One nil Wembley. Technically, because yeah, they nearly fucking killed it, didn't they? But it's like seven nil Wembley, really. But yeah, yeah. bastard. Yeah, that fucking English food. Coming over here with their English food, <laughs> killing us. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, let's fucking go. Uh, we've all right. um, yeah, we've all got important stuff to do. Um, you got to try and stay alive, and I got to fucking sort a, another five stay, fucking stay, stay alive. Yep. Something. Something. Fucking hell yeah. You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um thank you very much.